Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Critical Thinking, Kingston's only municipal affairs talk radio show, only available on CFRC. Now, here's your host, Jamie Moss. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Critical Thinking. Joining us today on the program is Councillor for Collins Bay, Bay Ridge District, Lisa Osanic. Uh, she is a relatively new councillor on this, uh, on this program. We've never actually had her on this program before, uh, which is always fun. Um, so what we're going to do first to start off today's show is we'll talk a little bit about the district and, and what are the boundaries. So, uh, joining us once again is Councillor Lisa Osanic. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Jamie. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, yes. My district is Collins Bay, Bay Ridge. We're at the far westerly point of Kingston. So um, the district Kingston boundary is uh, Coronation Boulevard. So my district uh, goes there um, to the south side of Taylor Kid Boulevard, all the way over to Gardner's Road. And the southerly boundary is Bath Road. Wonderful. So our listeners, if you're listening out there, she is your wonderful counselor. And uh, well, we've invited uh, Lisa as part of the uh, council year in review uh, series, as uh, my loyal listeners have been following along. We are now uh, we are almost rounding out council and uh, Councillor Osanic has agreed to come on today. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the same quest- kinds of questions that we've introduced with all the other counselors Uh what do you feel, Councillor, uh, that has uh, been the most important accomplishment that this council has achieved during your first term? I think uh, definitely the focus on um, recreation, like our parks and recreation. Uh, a lot of our parks hadn't been touched in, you know, 20 years, uh, 30 years. And now you can start to see um, a lot of parks start to flourish. So Lake Ontario Park is um, the project that people will get the most um, benefit um, in 2010, 2011. And that's revitalized. If you've drive, um, driven down past a Memorial Center, there's a lot of work going on there. And you go down to City Park, you can see a splash pad, Shannon Park, a splash pad, um, another splash pad off of 4th Avenue, Mm -hmm. you know, and so just the focus on parks and recreation, um, I think is uh, really has been really important. Also, too, we just allocated $1.5 million to our soccer fields. And so um, I don't know if that's one of the ones that you've been pushing, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely. I've been sitting on the parks and recreation, well, we call it the Arts, Recreation and Community Community Policy Policy Committee for like my entire term so this is like the fourth year and right from the very beginning you know the soccer um, uh, you know supporters in the community have been going to our meetings you know trying to get us pay attention to soccer fields and put money into it so we have 1.5 million dollars allocated to improving the soccer fields and what's really exciting is that Cook's Brother Arena um, they have soccer fields around there Mm -hmm. and one of those soccer fields will actually be an artificial turf soccer field so that that will get a lot more usage. You know, our um, our uh, our city staff say that with an artificial field, you can start playing soccer in April and continue right, right through to November. And just much drive- like Tyndall Field now. I, I was Queen's just Campus. about to say Go that on. it's a beautiful day outside today, and just driving by, um, you know, Queens Campus, there were some people, you know, batting um, the soccer ball around at Tyndall Field. There so that's go. really exciting. Do you think uh, that these are, the, I guess, the wave of the future in terms of uh, artificial turf? I mean, I know having you have this experience uh, working with uh, with this. I mean, I, I kind of see you as the soccer mom on council, <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, but uh, do you feel that is like the biggest uh, wave of the future for our city? 
Yeah, definitely. Like, just keep um, you know paying attention to our parks and our recreational complexes to um, get them back to you know the most up to date facilities that they can be. Uh, that would be um, the, the focus. Like, if I make it to council for the next term, right? I'll hopefully that momentum will carry through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there's just been such a lack of attention over the last number of years that now it's like everything has to be upgraded. You know, not just soccer fields, but you know we could talk about you know like new swimming complexes, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Everything just needs so much attention. So, um, you know, just to keep that momentum going through, and that's what the kids in this community, I think, would appreciate most. Well, that's definitely something uh, worth diving into, <laughs> if you pardon the pun. Uh, the, uh, the, the the municipal complex uh, de- or complex debate over municipal pools mm-hmm. has been uh, sparked or rekindled again. And what do you, what do you see as the value of those uh, kind of conversations about a, a new aquatic center? Well, there's definitely been hours and hours and hours um, put in, not only by city staff, but also council time, looking at the aquatic complex um, as an example, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, this went on, like, uh, we had um, uh, the committee meeting just, you know, on last week on Thursday night, and, um, you know, some of the mem- some of the people of um, from the community that turned out for it, they were saying that this debate started actually in 1977, because Artillery Park is the only... Um, city-run um, pool that we mm-hmm. have in Kingston, and it's 40 years old, actually over 40 years old. And so, you know, like uh, no money has been devoted really to another complex in all those years. So now is definitely the time. And um, the last council, right, they decided to go ahead with the multiplex, now called the Invista Center, as just an ice rink facility. Originally, there is supposed to be an aquatic center put there as part of that plan. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, then they got into the 25 versus 50 meter. Mm-hmm. And they just delayed that entire, um, you know, decision for us. And now we've been, you know, going batting it back and forth, back and forth for the mm-hmm. last three years as well. We've um, decided just to go ahead with the 25 meter, but it'll be fantastic. It's going to be a 10 lane, 25 meter pool on one side with a leisure area on the other side, which will have a water slide. It'll have a wave pool. If anyone here has ever been to Canada, they got a huge like wave pool area. Right. It's going to be. Um, like that, it's going to have it's a, a complete water river. center. Oh yeah, yeah it's fantastic, yeah. and that will just give kids so much to do in the winter time. You know, like summertime in Kingston is gorgeous. Like we're on the water, and we have mm-hmm. all the trails of uh, all our parks. There's so much to do, but in winter time, you know, there's not that much to do. And now this will give people another option. The RMC complex was always good, you know, for a winter time activity. But mm-hmm. if you live in the West End, you know, that's kind of far to go, and so this will give people in the West End uh, somewhere to go, as well as people from all the rest of Kingston. So that's actually an interesting divide. And, you know, before going into a break, I actually need to touch upon this because you brought it up. Um, what, how do you feel the services out in the West End are? I mean, we know, I, I know, having talked to many of the councillors and, and listened to and attended many of the debates on council, everything's focused on the downtown. How do you feel that the West End has been, uh, I guess, uh, allocated services is it mm-hmm. been up to par or what do you how do you feel about that being a west end councillor sure well with um if you just want to look at it for one thing in terms of parks and recreation i think now with the invista center and our new track and field complex is also going at the invista center mm-hmm. and now with the aquatic center at the invista center then we're either like the west end is totally on par with um the downtown or else maybe the west end is even you know getting greater attention now greater investment and
and now the downtown will start complaining they need more investment right, right. or else then there's also Pittsburgh District um, in the east. So definitely with um, the Invista Center coming to full, um, you know, build and construction in the next two or three years, you know, um, you know, the West End will have everything. But they say, you know, like the most new housing development in all of Kingston over the last few years has been in the West End. Correct, yeah. And, you know, you have like from an environmental standpoint at the meeting at um, Arts and Recreation last week, there are definitely a lot of people that um, filled the room that stood up and that said that we're, we have to have a lot of greenhouse gases, you know, driving our kids to artillery park every right. time they need swimming lessons. So it will just um, make things more convenient for all the neighborhoods. Now, less people will be swimming at artillery park. That will make it, you know, like uh, more available for the downtown people. And now the West End will have an aquatic complex as well. So um, definitely, you know, I think the West End is getting all a lot of the investment right now. Certainly, and uh, we'll we'll be continuing to have a discussion with Councillor Lisa Osanic. Uh, if you'd like to send in any emails, you can send them to thinking at jamiemoss.ca. That's jamie, M-A-S-S-E dot C-A. We're going to be heading off to break. On the other side of the break, we'll continue the discussion about uh, municipal affairs with Councillor Lisa Osanic. Stay tuned. Bluegrass is great music, but on Sunday mornings you can hear the best of bluegrass, gospel bluegrass, on Brother Brian's Bluegrass Show. Tune in to 101.9 FM to hear some old, some new, some standards, and some new grass, with a big mix of groups, some national, some international, and a lot of local groups and musicians. Along with great music, you get an informative mix of weather, traffic info, record and group reviews, and even some humor to start your Sunday off the right way. Don't forget, every Sunday morning, 8 to 10, listen to Gospel Bluegrass on Brother Brian's Bluegrass Show on CFRC 101.9 Queen's University Radio. Captain Funkbag's Fantastic Explosion every Thursday from 11 till midnight. It's been one of those days. You slept through your alarm clock. Oh, no! car wouldn't start. Come on, come on. You got to work and your boss was mad. I should have never hired you, you nincompoop. But don't fret, because dinner's ready. Come on down to the Green Tray, the new Asian fusion restaurant in Kingston. Located at 461 Princess. Oh yeah, and if you don't feel like going out tonight, they do delivery. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Critical Thinking. I am your host, Jamie Moss, and joining me today in studio is Councillor for Collins Bay, Bay Ridge District, Lisa Sanic. We were just having a, a, a nice little conversation about the West End services, and I think I want to keep talking on that dialogue for a little bit uh, before we move into a, a different topic. Um, one of the things I have a, a question about uh, with regards to the Invista Center is kind of the accessibility question. I mean, we did you did touch upon uh, the the discussion of, you know, it is much less further away if you're uh, driving your kids to uh, to an aquatic center in at Artillery Park versus having an aquatic center at the Invista Center. But the Invista Center at least to me, seems like it's a little off on the sticks. Um, and there hasn't been a lot of development up near that portion of or north of Princess Street near the 401. But, I mean, if you know north of Princess Street, for all my listeners, up near up near the West End is, is 
significantly closer to the 401. So just bearing that in mind, um, do you feel that the uh, the services uh, are still needing to be uh, provided in terms of uh, transportation uh, or uh, or that kind of thing, the environmental aspect, mm-hmm. I guess. I'm, so I'm going to follow up with you. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, like the Invista Center is isolated. It's not, you know, surrounded by homes, which would make, you know, neighborhoods um, that much easier, you know, to access Invista Center. I know they have a bus that goes to the Invista Center, and we are trying to improve, you know, the service, the number of, uh, you know, times, you know, a bus comes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to go to the Invista Center as well as everywhere else in Kingston. We've been doing a lot of uh, transit reviews, and so it still has a far way of, you know, providing 15-minute service, for example. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and because it's not sur- completely surrounded by neighborhoods, um, that does force everyone to drive. Like, you know how busy Gardner's Road is. So even if you did li- live in Cataraqui Woods, you know, I don't know how, you know, how willing I'd be to just have my kids hop on a bike and ride their bike by right. themselves over to the Invista right. Center. It's, it's not just as so friendly. dangerous. Yeah. And even, like, when you look at Midland Avenue, right, it's just, like, two lanes. Um, it's not in the long-term capital plan to expand it out to four lanes. Maybe the next council can try to make that a priority. Um, and anyone who's driven down Midland Avenue knows that it's full of potholes. And so just even accessing Invista Center, you know, is kind of awkward. And that's definitely, uh, you know, some improvement needed there. It's okay if you're coming off the 401 and coming, you know, to Invista Center that way. But mm-hmm. from the West End, um, it's still kind of awkward. And then, of course, it is kind of far from the downtown core but everyone always says too like the other side of that flip coin you know is that well if you lived in toronto you know from to go from scarborough to octobicoe you'd be looking at like a half hour drive 45 minutes on the 401 and so here in kingston you can get to the downtown within 12 kilometers from basically no matter where you live south of the 401 to the downtown and so they're saying you know we shouldn't be complaining so much relative to other cities but Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. there's still room for improvements. I think that's something uh, worthwhile touching upon. I mean, the capital plan, um, I, I notice uh, going down the streets, uh, and I, I ha- we've had Vicki Schmolke on the show often uh, regarding bicycle lanes. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that would be a more environmentally su- sustainable practice. Mm-hmm. And I know you spoke about it when it, when uh, having uh, the control of the congestion on the road for bike lanes for kids, because you didn't, you said yes. it wasn't safe. Do you think that, uh, you know, perhaps investing a little bit more time and, and money into bicycle lanes in the West End might be a more advantageous effect as opposed to expanding the roads? Because, I mean, as it stands, when you expand the roads, that means more cars can go on them, right? So that's not necessarily the desired environmental effect, even though it may be the necessary one for mm-hmm. a city. How do you how do you see the expanding of, uh, I guess, bicycle lanes going in the uh, in the West End? Yeah, well, definitely. I had um, calls when I first came on council that from the West End, people would love to see, for instance, Bath Road have bicycle lanes because then you could, you know, be much easier to ride your bike to, say, Queen's University, you know, that sort of thing heading downtown. But the problem that our traffic engineers are saying is that it's really hard to expand existing roads, you know, to have bicycle lanes. So it's okay for new roads. So the Centennial Drive extension, for instance, was built with bicycle, um, right. you know, and 
And so they just say it's really hard. They sort of have to wait for an entire road to be reworked. So, for mm-hmm. instance, Collins Bay Road had new water mains put in that they had to dig up the road anyway, and then they did put they in bike lanes. It, yeah. But that, you know, we don't have too many roads dug up all at one time because of the expense. You got the three-year capital plan, rolling three-year capital plan. So you have to be very patient and wait for each road at a time mm-hmm. to be accommodated. And um, and another way of looking at it, too, is like when we have new neighborhoods being built out, if the parks, right, can be linked to each other with pathways, and then you could try to bypass the roads by maybe, you know, um, riding your bike downtown wherever from park to park to park. But Kingston was never built that way. And we did have the opportunity with um, Cataractway West, which was is the brand new neighborhood about to go into um, subdivision development right now that borders Collins Creek, um, Princess Street, Collins, uh, and then Bay Ridge Drive all the way up to Creekford Road. Mm. So that entire That's um, a pretty area, hollow area right now. Yeah, it's yeah. called um, Cataractway West. It's going to have over 3,000 homes put in there. But the um, concept plan had already been approved by the last council, and uh, there wasn't really any room for us to um, modify the parkettes and, you know, like the linkages between each park. And so, unfortunately... Um, it's still not where I'd like to see Kingston go. I, I, I once, I lived in Toronto and you could go right from Etobicoke, Kipling and Eglinton, if anyone knows that, by bike all the way down to Harbor Front and Ontario mm. Place without ever going on a major road. And that's the, our grand city of Toronto. Mm-hmm. So, um, it would be really great if Kingston was linked up that way with a bike system, a park system to get downtown. Interesting, interesting. Even having a trail system along mm-hmm. the waterfront might be a good, like a sustained trail system. But that's something you guys can discre- discre- uh, have discussions about in the near future. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to touch on uh, because we are kind of rounding out on time. Um, and I know that we wanted to speak a little bit about the community focus of this council. And I know that you've been one of the, the uh, champions for the community side and, and the neighborhood side. Um, how do you feel that this council's focus on community has benefited the city or or hindered the city? Um, I think it's done uh, great things. So right now I can really only speak about my district, right? right. But when I first started going door to door in 2006, there's Elmwood subdivision. So that's right on like a borders Coronation Boulevard. And they're still on septic. I don't know if everyone in Kingston knows that, but that entire subdivision is on septic. Holy and uh, and their roads were just atrocious. And it was always coming down to, well, we don't want to do new roads because we have to one day replace the water main. And some people wanted to do a petition to try to get, you know, hook up to sewers. So we did one thing at a time. First, we tried the petition to hook up to sewers. Um, That failed, but then we were able to get new water mains put in there. So right now, all the roads are torn up in there, but new water mains are going with new culverts because um, a lot of backyards were being flooded because the culverts Mm -hmm. had grown over over the last 40 years. And now all the roads will be resurfaced in there by the end of, you know, this summer 2010. Hmm. So that's definitely you know, um, one of my proudest accomplishments that finally I was able to, you know, get the commitment, get the investment, $2.3 million put into Elmwood to, um, you know, try to help that neighborhood. Then there's always like the stop signs, you know, that mm-hmm. come up, mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, traffic calming being needed uh, throughout the subdivisions and, um, you know, and maybe even a new traffic light at um, Bay Ridge Drive in Lincoln. So you definitely have the local issues and you have to be there because those are the phone calls that you get. Those are the emails that you get on top of all the committee work. It's really important to 
try to work with staff to, um, you know, uh, um, address all the issues that's just at the local district level. All right. Uh, well, that's a very interesting uh, discussion to have. I think we're going to change gears a little bit uh, and move into a, a kind of a discussion about the current council. Um, so many of my listeners know that uh, having listened to this program a couple of times, we've been talking a little bit about how the media's focus on the uh, current council is uh, looking. And, and it's been particularly negative, in my opinion, uh, and I'm sure in, the, in many of the opinions of my listeners. Uh, what, do you, what is your perception on that? Well, you know, like the press, sometimes they're fair, sometimes they're not. And I don't, I don't think that's like a warranted criticism, although I know that criticism is out there. But a lot of the issues we've been um, tackling, like, for instance, you know, like um, being able to play street hockey, right? Changing our bylaw to enable street hockey. People were going, why are you wasting your time on that? You know, look how many hours that's taking. But when you go back to the neighborhood issues again, that's important, right? The mm-hmm. kids, it's not like we have tons of recreational complexes for people to go play right they can't they're really not allowed to go to like the vacant parking lot of this business or this store because you know that's private property and so you know and everyone knows that street hockey is a traditional Canadian pastime and so that did take a lot of time but hey we were able to make it legal to play Mm -hmm. street hockey and so I think that's sort of where all of this has um, come from but you know like uh, at council you know we we see an issue and we definitely call each other and we bounce ideas off of each other so i can't call it you know our council being dysfunctional right like i have formed a lot of great friendships with some of the counselors and you know i know something and i'll let them know and they let me know and it just um expands your knowledge and so that you can see the full side of the story because you know that every issue has two sides maybe multiple Mm -hmm. sides to it and um you know and just some things take a lot longer you look at dog parks that's another example Yeah, right? that was a and huge issue. With um, Lake Ontario Park, should we have a dog park? Should we not? If we don't have it at Lake Ontario Park, where should we move that dog park to? You know, that takes a lot of time, too. And um, it's just amazing how many hours um, one issue can take. It, mm-hmm. You know, our meetings, our committee meetings, they go until 11 o'clock. They start at 6, go to 11, start at 7, go to 11. And we put a lot of hours to listen to all the people that come to the meetings, that email um, you know, prior to the meeting, we try to take all of that into consideration. Mm-hmm. And that's one strong point I think this council um, has uh, has done over the last four years is that we let everyone be heard. Other council, well, the past council, I can speak from experience, you were allowed one question and that was it. We try to, you know, have someone, if they come to a meeting, you know, get all their issues out and uh, we'll make sure that the presenter tries to address them. Mm. Interesting. Um, okay, well, that's a, an interesting discussion. We'll have to continue with other counselors as well. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to take one very quick break. If you'd like to send any comments or feedback uh, or would like to send questions to any of the upcoming counselors, you certainly can reach us at any time by contacting criticalthinking at jamiemoss.ca. That's criticalthinking at jamiemasse. We're going to be uh, taking a very quick break, an incredibly quick break. And on the other side of the break, we'll talk a little bit more with uh, with uh, Lisa Osanic about the upcoming council aspirations, as she's kind of touched upon, if you were paying attention. Um, but we'll also talk a little bit more about who she may see as uh, the next mayor of Kingston. So that'll be an interesting discussion to have uh, with that uh, following this break. So stay tuned. Groundwire, national news, not for profit. CJSF, 90.1. Ottawa. From Vancouver. 
Vancouver, reporting from Montreal, and Abbott CGSW has the story. CFRC Radio. CJSF. Get grassroots voices and community news from coast to coast to coast. You can hear Groundwire bi-weekly on your local community radio station. Download the program at ncra.ca. Just click on the Groundwire link. Groundwire is a project of the National Campus Community Radio Association. On Tuesday, April 6th, Kingston's only Municipal Affairs Talk radio program will be hosting Mayor Harvey Rosen. We will be discussing Council's urine review and the most important accomplishments to date. If you would like to ask a question of the Mayor, please email it to criticalthinking at jamiemoss.ca. Critical Thinking features roundtable discussions, polarizing debates, municipal politicians, and community leaders on the events and people that affect your life. Tune in to Critical Thinking Tuesday mornings at 11.30, right before Democracy Now!, only on CFRC. And as always, keep your eyes on Kingston. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Critical Thinking. Uh, and that was a very quick break. Uh, we are joined here in studio today by Councillor, or with, I should say, Councillor Lisa Osanic of the Collins Bay, Bay Ridge area. Um, and she is one of the lively, fun-loving councillors on our, uh, our, our wonderful city council. And right now we're going to get in a little bit more of a serious issue, talking about the next council. And uh, where are your aspirations when it comes to uh, running for council or... Or well, I th- or any future plans when it comes to uh, municipal politics? Well, if I run again, it would just be as councillor for the same district. There you go. But um, um, I would like to do it. It's just I have to put a bit more thought into it. I'll probably um, yeah, decide quickly in April. Um, you know, maybe in May. Uh, at the very latest, you know, but, uh, like I would really like to do it. I'm trying to wrap up as many things, like, you know, every time someone calls or emails or mm-hmm. you hear of an issue, um, I keep track of it in a book. And so right now I'm just trying to close all the loose ends I still have, outstanding issues. You can ask staff, right? They've just been getting like tons of emails from me, mm-hmm. trying to close as many things, but, and, uh, and then start really focusing on what to do. There's still some things that are left outstanding. Um, I, I really support and uh, we still have, um, first of all, a natural acquisition land policy that has to um, come to a close, you know, um, at completion, and then also try to allocate some money for natural land acquisition. In the West End, we have, um, you know, Mile Square, which is the 875-acre woodland um, between north and south side of Taylor Kid Boulevard, and um, some of that might have to be acquired when it goes up for development, so that's why mm-hmm. that is really important to me, and I want to try to finish off our tree policy, and that might not happen this year in 2010. So those mm-hmm. are th- some things I'd like to continue over to the next council if I decide to run. But um, looking at the time commitments, too, I have two young kids. They're right. nine and seven. Of course, they were a lot younger when I first started. But still, it's uh, like they can't go to brownies or to cubs because everything I do for- with them has to be Friday nights, Saturdays, or Sundays because right. that's when I don't have city council. I have a full-time job, right. you know, which makes it um, more difficult, too, to maneuver around. So my committee meetings sometimes can be, you know, four nights a week on some weeks, just like all the other counselors. And, 
And so it just makes it really difficult with the kids. And mm. so that's where I have to um, just try to wrap some things up and then see, you know, um, <laughs> about the next time. So I would like to, but I just haven't, you know, I'm 95% there. It's just the other 5% I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still thinking about. That's fair to, <laughs> fair to assume. I guess kind of the framing of the debate has been uh, taking place over over municipal politics right now. And I did allude to before the, the quick break uh, that we were going to talk a little bit who you see as uh, a possible next uh, mayor for candidate. I know I know that on our program, uh, Ma- Councillor Matheson has alluded that he might be interested in doing such a job. Uh, Vicky Schmolka, Ed Smith, um, Mayor Rosen has been talked about a few times. Uh, Dorothy Hector has given some uh, some or at least been heard to be thinking about it. Where do you see the next uh, mayor coming from? Would it be from this council or could it be from uh, another one? And Mark as well, I should say. Mark Garrison yes, yeah, has framed yeah. up quite yeah, often. What I've heard is, you know, uh, Councillor Mark Garrettson and Councillor Vicky Schmoka, you know, everyone's waiting to hear if our mayor, Harvey Rosen, will run again, you know, and so far no one's come forward from outside a council mm-hmm. that I've heard, you know, and um, there is an article written in Kingston Life magazine um, a couple of weeks ago, and they didn't mention anyone from the outside either, so I haven't heard any rumors from the outside, but I imagine that the next few months, like over the course of, you know, up until July, or so that's where a lot of activity will right, happen right. and that's usually uh, what's the case people are you know get their holidays over with in july then start serious campaigning especially this year the election is three weeks earlier instead right. of um, after remembrance day it's october 26th so uh, that moves everything up you know as far as um campaigning and going from house to house right you really have to uh, start to draw your plan well that's something to keep in mind and ladies and gentlemen we'll have to be keeping an eye on what happens with city council and the very very near future. Uh, with that said, Councillor Lisa Sanek from Collins Bay, Bay Ridge, we really appreciate you coming on the show and speaking with our listeners. And you're certainly welcome to come back anytime. Uh, and I invite that uh, courtesy to you in the very near future because it looks like we're going to have a lot to talk about over the next coming year. Thanks very much, Jamie. Thank Not you. a problem at all. And ladies and gentlemen, coming up next is the wonderful program Democracy Now!, the War and Peace Report with a, with host Amy Goodman. Uh, stay tuned. And as always, keep your eyes on Kingston. Thank you for listening to Kingston's only municipal affairs talk radio show, Critical Thinking with Jamie Moss.